Hello there, Sarah Avery here from Sarah Avery Legal Practice with this week's episode of the Not Just a Lawyer podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking to you about what I do to manage my trust account. Now, I've got a very small practice, so it's pretty easy for me to stay on top of it. But just in case you were wondering what this might involve, I'm going to talk you through what I get up to on a regular basis and you'll just have to imagine that for firms that deal with things like conveyancing larger sums of money, heaps more transactions, multiply this by a hundred or a thousand. I acknowledge that I record this podcast on the traditional lands of the Ngunnawal and Ngambri people and I pay my respects to their elders past and present. Now, I absolutely have to stress, this is not a how to do your trust accounting tutorial or anything like that. I am just giving you a bit of a day in the life. So one thing I will say, though, when you open a trust account, there are all sorts of things that are required before you can do that. You need to have a practicing certificate, all sorts of things. Talk to your law society if you are looking to do this yourself. This is more just a, hey, this is what I get up to. And it's been going well so far. So you need to notify your law society that you have opened a trust account. And every law society is different in what you need to do each month, the kinds of um, nitty gritty details that are required. But what I like to do with every single matter that I open is I like to make sure that I have a proper costs disclosure document and proper costs agreement that I have come to with the client. And in those documents, um, or should I say in the costs agreement, I spell out certain things about my trust account and how things will be billed. And I've built into my costs agreement a specific well-set-out authority to make sure that upon signing that, my clients know that when I give them a bill, provided that they don't have any dramas with it, any questions that they want to follow up with me, that once I give them a bill, if there are funds from them in my trust account that I'm holding on trust for them, those will be transferred on the seventh day after I give them um, the bill. So what I try to do there is make sure that I have a written record that I am authorised to make the transfer. Because one of the key things about trust money is that it might be sitting in what you as a lawyer might call your trust account, but actually it's really a trust account for your client. It's their money that you're holding in trust for them until you meet the conditions of payment that you have agreed on with them. Um, and there are also some things in legislation that help you get paid. So sometimes lawyers don't have an explicit agreement in writing that allows them to get paid, but they do it in line with sort of boxes that need to be ticked off in the legislation about time frames and giving notice and things like that. So what I like to do is cover all my bases. I like to comply with those boxes of legislation that you get ticked. I also like to have it in writing and authorised by my actual costs agreement. But I also then like to put it on the invoice itself and on the email that I send out to my client with an invoice saying, hey, I've sent you this invoice in accordance with the costs agreement. I'll be doing this. But the key thing is that I really genuinely want my clients to get in touch with me if they have any questions or worries. Um, I would much rather have a happy client who understands what is on their bill and why rather than pay myself speedily because 
I think that it's a relationship of trust and confidence. And one way to ruin that is not to be transparent in your billing practices. So that's what I like to do. Um, In terms of a day in the life, when it comes to the day that I'm going to make that transfer from my trust account to my office account, I like to um, make sure that I make a file note saying that I have decided to make that transfer that day and I've done it because I've given the client notice in whatever ways I have, my costs agreement on the invoice and in an earlier email um, and then I've done the transfer and that's just for my own records so that it's always clear if, if anyone needed to audit my accounts or understand what I was doing and why that I have made a decision based on the factors that I set out in there. So I've thought about this carefully. Um, I believe I'm doing the right thing and this is why I've done it and this is when I've done it. And I also like to be really timely with letting clients know that I have done that transfer and giving them their receipts as soon as possible. Usually I do it straight away because I'm able to do my bookkeeping as I go uh, because I'm a very small practice. I deliberately kept it that way because I want to have clients that I can give my full attention to and excellent service to and not be worried about having too much work on and not being able to serve the interests of every client properly. So other people are going to have to do this differently. Um, Some people have a bookkeeper to do their trust accounting uh, day-to-day work that the lawyer will oversee because they have to. It's their personal responsibility. Um, But I like to do it myself, partly because I'm a bit of a numbers nerd, but partly because I like to ensure the quality of everything that's going on with my business as well. So as I said, on the day that I do that transfer, I will do a file note. I will print out all the paperwork um, associated with that transfer because I need to keep paper records for trust accounting. I also have electronic records that I keep, so they're identical. And then at the end of each month, I need for the Law Society's records to do certain trust accounting things. So I've got a program that I use, it's practice management software, and that helps me do my trust accounting at the end of the month. A big part of that is looking to check to make sure the amounts that I've got recorded in my practice management system actually match the amounts that are in the bank. And if there's a problem with that, I have to figure that out and work out why and make any changes that need to be made. Now, thankfully, I haven't had any problems, but if I did, I'd need to address them straight away. And I probably would need to report them as soon as possible to the Law Society as well. And the reason for that is that because trust money is not the lawyer's money, it is the client's money, uh, it's really important to be absolutely scrupulous with that. And one of the ways that we do that is to report any discrepancies to the Law Society, even if it's fixed, even if it's really obvious what's gone wrong and it's human error or something like that. It helps keep us accountable and it helps keep us on our toes so that we never forget how important it is to be extremely careful and as scrupulous as possible with trust money. So that's what happens at the end of the month, a reconciliation of what is in my records versus what is actually in the bank and printing out a bunch of reports and also saving them. So that's monthly. And you've heard about what happens on a sort of a daily basis when payments are made. Then we get to yearly. Every year, 
uh, at least in the ACT, and I know it happens everywhere else as well, if you have a trust account, you have to get an external person who is not involved with your day-to-day practice um, and someone who is certified by the Law Society as okay to do this, uh, to do an external examination of your trust account. So they audit it, they make sure everything is tip-top. If you're making mistakes, they will tell you and tell you how to fix them. Um, If there are any problems, they will tell you and they will help you um, communicate those to the Law Society. So we have ongoing obligations with trust accounts that happen with every transaction that we do and then every month and then at the end of the trust account year. So for me, as I've said, I choose to keep a small practice because I want to be able to deliver really high quality work to every client. And I don't have a conveyancing practice, so I'm not dealing with huge sums of money coming in and out frequently. So for me, it's really easy to keep on top of it. But as I said, if you're thinking about what a conveyancing solicitor might be doing or a really big law firm, multiply what I get up to by hundreds or thousands of different transactions. So I consider myself very lucky. um, But I have tried to set my systems up so that they're right from the start and so that I can travel along with each client knowing what path I'm going to take with their trust account and having a bit of a script for myself so that I can make sure that everything I do with them is completely transparent and fair. So there you go. That's a day in the life of me as someone who has a trust account. I used to be absolutely terrified of the thought of opening a firm because I have been involved over about, oh God, I'd say like 10 10 of my probably 14 years of practice as a solicitor um, with the ACT Law Society Council. And part of that role as a counsellor and then later as part of the executive, as a past president of the Law Society and things like that, is being involved with disciplinary processes. So sometimes when the Law Society imposes its own uh, discipline upon practitioners, uh, we see what has gone wrong. So I spent, you know, a lot of my practicing where other people have made mistakes with trust accounting or in very, very rare cases where they've done things recklessly or actually dishonestly. And that is that is rare that there's actual dishonesty, but there can be problems. So I, I spent a long time seeing how the sausages were made, so to speak, and I was absolutely terrified of having a trust account because I'd just seen how it could go wrong. But I'm really, really pleased to say that it is not as terrifying as I expected. And if you have a system and are very organized, then it's actually pretty easy to do the right thing. And the reason I'm talking about it today is that it's the 3rd of May. At the end of every month, within 15 days of the end of month, you have to do your trust account reconciliation and reporting for the month before. So I try to do it on the first calendar day of the new month. Uh, However, that was on Saturday and I was really busy. So I'm doing it today, which is the first business day. And it just made me think, yep, I can talk through what that means for people who might be curious about what happens in the day of a lawyer dealing with a trust account. So I'm recording it on Monday the 3rd and this will be going out on Wednesday the 5th of May. Hope you found it interesting. If not, I'll be talking about other stuff next time. Don't worry, I'm not always talking about trust accounting as you know. But thank you again for listening.
This has been an episode of the Not Just a Lawyer podcast. Obviously a very lawyerly focused episode, but one that also deals with business and hopefully from your perspective deals with dealing with clients in a really sensible, upfront and forthright way. And trying to be transparent and open is something that everyone can do when dealing with clients. So hopefully, even if you'll never have to deal with a trust account in your life, hopefully you've taken something away from this. Thanks again for listening.